to the Biblical Entrepreneurship Marketplace podcast. We're so excited that you can be with us. We're going to be talking about what God is doing in the marketplace. And now, our host, Patrice Seguet. Welcome to the Biblical Entrepreneurship Marketplace podcast. I'm Patrice Sager, your host, and I'm here in Vancouver, Washington, in board chair's office. I'm here with Ron Wilkinson. Brother Ron, how are you, man? I'm doing well. We are here in the Pacific Northwest, a beautiful day, cold, cold. <laughs> but not rainy, thank God. Sun blue skies. That's right. No sun, but no snow and no rain. Ron, we're in your Vancouver office right here. You just actually opened this recently. Actually, oh, it's been two years. Been two years. Why? Wow, it's been that long. Awesome. So we're going to get into the, the business and who you are and so forth in a minute. But Ron is our new uh, chairman of the board for the Neymar Project. And typically this time of year, we try to interview our leadership team, our staff, and just to give you a sense of the outlook for the year, you could get to know our team. In this case, our new board chair, good friend and a kingdom entrepreneur. And so you're going to love Ron's story and just his generosity, uh, the way God has used them to impact our region, but important that to impact the name of our project. Ron, uh, first, thank you for allowing us to interview today. Welcome to the studio, either in your office. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. So, Ron, first, let's, your story. I mean, you and I met at Eastside Foursquare Church. Yes. At that time, Eastside Foursquare Church. And you were on that board. I was on the board. So when we met, having no idea that this whole thing would evolve. As a matter of fact, you and my wife was on that board. I on didn't that even board. know you very well. I, I mean, know. You kind of a face. Yeah. I got to know Gina a lot better than you. Yeah. yeah. And so first, kind of your story, uh, you know, you came to faith kind of uh, in this region. You grew up born and raised in Born and raised Portland, in Portland, Oregon. Um, Actually, uh, grew up critter, what I call critter. What is critter? <laughs> uh, well, it, it, we basically, our family were Christers, Christmas and Easter only. Okay. You know, and uh, went to a, a Presbyterian church over in North Portland a couple times a year. And really didn't get to know who God was until my wife and I uh, attended, a, actually my wife first, uh, attended a church in Gresham, Oregon called East Hill Foursquare Church. Wow. And uh, I had grown up seeing, you know, singing hymns and, you know, kind of the dullness of some of the old, in my opinion, the dullness of some of the old uh, denominational churches to a church that was very much alive and uh, had some incredible teaching. And so it was uh, uh, going there as a combination of that. And I was a real, uh, still am, a science fiction fan. And my wife uh, gave me a book by C.S. Lewis. Wow. Mere Christianity. Good book. Good book. But, you know, I was used to his chronicles, you know, Narnia and, you know, the, anyhow, to Paralanda. And, and so I read the book and I actually, I read it like almost within a 24 hour time frame. And you get to the end of Mere Christianity and Jesus is either a fool or he is who he says he is. Wow. Well, I knew better that he was not a fool. And so it was at that point that uh, I had to give my life. I 
really felt compelled when I say had to. Yeah. I felt compelled to give my life to Christ. Was your wife already a committed believer at that time? Yes. She wow. Had, she had preceded me by several years. Wow. And uh, so um, blessings on her for putting up Amen. with me all that time. So a combination of the East Hill ministry here in Portland, Oregon. Gresham, Oregon at the time. Gresham, your wife's ministry to you and C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Correct. Christianity, Correct. brought you to faith. Correct. Now, uh, Ron, at that time, were you in business for yourself already? No, I was working for uh, Freightliner Corporation as a maintenance mechanic. Wow. So, so you, did, I mean, was business something you've always wanted to do? Or was it something that kind of just happened? It was kind of something that just happened. I'd been at Freightliner for almost a decade. And, and, and by the way, and your father... Was there was for 34, 34 years. years. So you were kind of following the family tradition kind of deal. Oh, definitely. You know, a paycheck every Tuesday. <laughs> you know? And uh, it was, a, you know, a nice paying job in manufacturing. Um, but it was also, for me, a dead-end job. Wow. I At wish when did you realize that this was a dead-end job? Oh, my gosh. Probably about seven years into it. Is that right? Um, and then in that period of time, I'd also been uh, drafted and spent some time on the Air National Guard. Um, and uh, Air Force and then the Air National Guard. Um, and then uh, being in the Union at that point in time, they about every three years, the uh, people would go out on strike. Okay. And that was kind of the contract cycle. And so I just got tired of, you know, the numbers didn't pan out for me. Let me put it that way. <laughs> you'd go out on strike for a month, six weeks, two months, and you'd lose everything that you gained in a contract negotiations. Wow. So it just didn't make sense to me. And when a, the last time that they had a layoff, it wasn't because of a strike, but a layoff in the, in the uh, early 80s, um, a friend of mine and I had uh, gotten together, and he was helping people um, – and making money with buy term and invest the difference. So a long time ago, um, he introduced me and I thought, what a great concept, how I can serve people and make money. This is awesome. So I looked into that, didn't stay with that particular company very long. Uh, as a matter of fact, I went through several iterations. First decade was very tumultuous and uh, it was a little tough because I quit. Freightliner actually was rehiring again in like September, October of that year, and I said, no, I'm not going back. Because you wanted to pursue business. Correct. In this case, financial financial planning. It was financial planning. What right was it about financial planning that drew you? Oh, gosh. Putting, putting, if you think in terms of a puzzle, Okay. And, you, and, and what do you do first on a puzzle? You do the outline of the puzzle. So helping people put an outline of their puzzle together in order to help them fill in the pieces of their life so giving them control, giving them a, a, a framework to do that just seemed like an incredible thing to me. I mean, it, the budgeting process, the risk management, estate planning, just making sure all those pieces fit together well. And it was a pretty new profession uh, at that time. At that time. It was a huge risk on your part. It was. And I dug a, uh, a very big six-figure hole um, personally to wow. make that work and but by 1987 pretty much said it all turned around wow and so it took me about four years to turn it around you know one of the things we teach in biblical entrepreneurship uh, this idea of pursuing passion and calling mm. as our audience will get to know you, you you have a heart for people you amazingly compassionate guy hugely generous uh a teacher at heart you want to help it looks like this kind of fit with that wiring for you. Would you Would you agree? Oh, I, I totally agree. Um, 
because I am my, you know, my personality is one of, for people, I want to be with people. I love in, enjoying encouraging people. Um, my wife says sometimes too much. <laughs> um, but, so she has uh, to bring the balance in. Oh, you know, she does. Bless her. You know, um, not, only, not only from a standpoint of, uh, you know, the passion of seeing people succeed, but also from a standpoint of you know, people when they go through loss in their life and grief through life is being able to take and help them transition I love uh, it. in that in that process because um, people get stuck. They, they do. They when you experience a divorce, a loss of a spouse, you know, the retirement, for goodness sakes, you go through a grief process of losing what was and mm. then moving to a new to a new what is. And in that process, you can, you lose anywhere from thirty to forty percent of your cognitive ability. Wow! And I don't care if you're a doctor or a laborer; it doesn't matter. People experience that. They just, how can I make this decision, and is it the right decision? And so we just help people boil that down, uh, take all these thought bubbles. If you think in terms of uh, the cartoons, and you see thought bubbles above people's heads. Yeah. And when they're going through transition retirement, you know, how am I going to make a paycheck out of this? And, you know, what do I got to do to uh, get social security turned on or what all those things are out there. And then what's, what's, what's the one you need to tackle first. And so helping people walk through that process, triage, do you come down what's urgent and important and hopefully move everything down to just what's important. So you don't have all the urgency driving the, you're kind of like a coach in a sense, except with a discipline of financials. It sounds like well, it's very much true. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. A, a yeah. Coach. Wow. So you've become very successful at this, uh, but then you start out kind of accidentally getting into it, drilled a six-figure hole, and find yourself not extremely blessed. And when you look back, are you surprised at your success, Ron? Yes. Wow. Yes. What's Uh, been the key to it? I mean, listen to us and say, what's been, I mean, look back. What I would say is because we tithe. Well, amen, amen, and she'll be right there. <laughs> so your generosity has been key. I mean, you know, um, what, but what else? I mean, you, you've given God first fruit, and your wife had made sure of that. Uh, what else has been lifelong key? Lifelong learner. Lifelong learner, yeah. Uh, always looking to um, make sure that what I'm uh, bringing to people yeah. um, is, you know, what's, what's relevant today and what's accurate for today. Um, I would say have, have to say persistence. Persistence, yeah, is big. Um, yeah. I've I've heard other people describe it as don't quit. Mm. Um, I, I do think that uh, there is a time you need to have honest self assessments about that. Um, but if you're in a if you're in a, a business that you know there's obvious benefit to not only uh, the people you're serving and 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 moving your product to, um, my goodness, you should stay with it. Wow. You know, um, yeah. Wow. I love it. Now, so Ron, along the way, um, you, before we get to Nehemiah, you, you have been an instrumental support of many ministries in the, in the region, Still many individuals, are. our good friend, uh, Dennis Blevin, you're a major support of his work, navigators, uh, navigators yeah. colleges in the area here. What has made you such a proponent to want to come alongside individual ministries financially? Well, there's actually, it's pretty simple. Number one, I want to leverage the dollar that I give. Mm. So I'm looking for institutions. I'm looking for organizations that will reach people I cannot. 
Uh, an example is one of the entities we uh, support and really enjoy is a small church called Oasis. Mm. And, uh, but they reach the inner city, you know, and that's just not an area that I am, am good at, mm. you know. Um, another one, um, the Navigators, I mean, Dennis Blevins is touching, you know, hundreds of people who are touching thousands of people who are touching millions of people. Mm. And so it's just incredible leverage in, in terms of reaching, getting the gospel out there. That's one criteria. Two is education. Mm. To me, I said something about lifelong. I do value education. I've seen education be the key for one of the keys for me to um, that have really made a difference in my in my business and in my practice. Mm. Um, I've seen that lift people out of poverty. Um, and uh, when I was working with the local community college, and see the scholarships, not very big ones, even five, ten thousand dollars scholarships, totally changed people's lives uh, for the positive. I've seen. Uh, pastors that doing side businesses in order to be, you know, the, a Paul. Uh, I love it. Kind of like a tent making kind a of deal. Tent making thing where, you know, and that's, and then supporting that, you know, helping them expand that. So from my standpoint, it's about leverage. It's about, it's about getting um, more bang for the dollar. I mean, it's an investment principle as well. Yeah, yeah. It, um, but in, in giving, I mean, I don't have to worry about it biting me. I you love know, it. Too much, too much debt, too much leverage debt-wise we can come back and bite you. But in this way, you know, it's not going to come back on me. I love it. Now, your wife and you have also adopted a son out of India. We did. So one of the ways that you also give is through your talents and your time in terms of just, I mean, that's also an extension of generosity. What led you guys to do that? Oh, my. Well, my wife actually was adopted. Mm. Um uh, by her, uh, by uh, a father, if you will, and it just meant a lot to her. Wow. Um, and also at the time at uh, East Hill Church, the pastor there, Jerry, Jerry and Barbara. Mm. I'm blanking on the last name. No, that's okay. No, no worries. So the but, pastor at East Hill. Yeah, the pastor at East Hill mm-hmm. uh, had adopted, and, and other people in the church had adopted. And so we'd actually look to adopt something locally, and that just didn't work. So finally, we went international. And Tristan's actually the second boy we adopted internationally. The first boy we adopted, Gavin, was nine months old. It was back during the uh, airline strikes in the late 70s. And um, he came over and within 24 hours, because of some medical issues, he actually passed away. Wow. And so we took, and then a few months later, they asked us, you know, are you still interested in adopting? We said, oh, yes. And so that's when Tristan came along. I love it. So let's talk a bit about your engagement with Nima Project. We, we meet at Foursquare, uh, Eastside Foursquare. Foursquare with Pastor Eric Bain. Mm-hmm. Uh, we connect there, we become friends, and yeah, you, you play, become play some, a, play some racquetball together. Yeah. You, you became a supporter of the ministry financially. And, and that kind of evolved, and we reached out to you, talk about being on the board of directors. What is it about Nima Project that, that drew you in? Well, again, it's, you know, going back to even when I was my original uh, foray into business, was that I saw a way to encourage others to do kind of what I did, mm. but with support. I didn't have a coach. You know, I didn't have uh, the Global Kingdom Investment Network to mm. put into me. Mm. Um, I didn't have, an, I mean, I had to learn the hard way, the biblical principles of, of, uh, of building a business. Um, and so for me, this is just, it's marrying education with gospel outreach with, Helping the economy and our in our in our nation, um, in our local communities and in our world because of what 
what's going on with Nehemiah globally. Mm. We're in 15? Yeah, countries? yeah, 15, act in 15 countries, active 15 countries, you know, uh, but have impacted 22 countries. Yes. And, you know, for me, people say, well, that's huge. Well, you know, it is, but we're, we're using, you know, uh, we're being very cautious with yeah, our, our husbanding right. our, right. our, our resources. To Go back to leveraging, your point about leveraging. Leveraging, yes. Yeah. And uh, so from my standpoint, to come alongside that kind of effort was huge uh, in terms of it just married a whole bunch of my passions and, and, uh, vision for what I think that, uh, we're supposed to be doing in life. Now, someone would say, well, Ron, you made it without all of that. Why can't others? Oh, they do. They can make it without it. But quite honestly, why would you want to, mm, why good. wouldn't you want to have a track to run on? Why mm. wouldn't you want to have something to have a great understanding and not make the foibles and the, and the missteps good. that others have done? Now, I have to tell you, I do, do, Human nature is we kind of have a tendency to go off and learn on our own, That's right. and then we come back. That's right. You know, but uh, not having to make mistakes in the first place is huge. One of the things that you did uh, that really have impacted this ministry, you came alongside and began to champion the Nima e-community, the, the GIC and the Global Investment Network. Mm-hmm. I mean, you literally brought your... You brought your equity to that process. You brought your goodwill to that process. And you said, Patrice, just get it done. Yes. And because of you, we have it today. I mean, what, what was it about that that drew you in and really made provide that kind of leadership? Well, I think what, you know, just to borrow the just get it done is it seemed to me like it was a time that needed to happen mm. and that we had been talking about it for a while. And as opposed to just talking about it, it was time to move. You're a do, aren't you? I, oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a quick start. As in the Colby <laughs> assessment, a quick start. It's why I need to have people to help me follow through. Uh, but from my standpoint, it's like if you get it moving, we, we can bring along other people uh, to to clean it up. And we've been really fortunate to have uh, Posim right. Saad just come alongside of us, that's if you right. will, as somebody that's just incredibly talented and, and putting ideas into uh, shoe leather. And something that you helped to champion today, about over $1.2 million in capital is going out to businesses. I mean, that literally hey, businesses who would, have, who would have had a huge hard time, even shut down, had this capital not come to bear. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. isn't that rewarding when you think about that? It is because it's also putting uh, resources, and I, and I know it's dollars, but it's resources really in the hands of people that, that uh, are living, living their word, you know, wow. living integrity, yeah. um, and allowing them to impact their world. Again, it's back to, I think, of the Hosanna in, in Orlando. That's right. You know, how you know they're able to hire people off the street. That's and right. And bring them along, and it's a witness. I'm not going to touch people in Orlando any other way. Yeah, you know, yeah. So from my standpoint, it's it's uh, by encouraging the, the GCAN process, Global Kingdom Investment Network process, it's enabling and supporting and, and preparing people to really have um, success in getting God's word out. This morning, you'd be glad to know that during the coaching call this morning, um, group coaching call, uh, Malala out of Madagascar yeah. was in the, we had, Madagascar was there, a guy from, I forgot what country, so there were US and three other countries represented 
and Malala, who's been one of the beneficiaries of the Global King Investors Network. Right. Uh, and my fact, she's about to receive another uh, chunk of capital uh, going to her business. She bought a machine as a result. Yeah, she, right. She's about to, yeah, it's about to expand her, her building as a result, employs close to, I think, 40 people there in Madagascar. I mean, that's, that's, that's impact. And didn't she, she started with like 20 employees, right? She did. Yeah, she so did. She's, she's been growing. growing. She's yeah. been growing. Just an impressive thing. So, Ron, you're now chairman of the board of the NEMA project. By the way, thank you for accepting that role and that responsibility. For the first time in history, the chairmanship moves to the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> and incidentally enough, uh, Robert Fukui is vice chair out of California. So it's all moved to the West because it wasn't intentional. Yeah. It just got orchestrated. Well, and, and from my standpoint, we could get to do things on Pacific Standard Time. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I often say America runs on East Coast Standard Time, but that will change now, right? Yes. Now America's going to run on Pacific Standard Time. So first, let's talk about that. So from a leadership standpoint, what, what's your vision when you look at three, six years down the line? What do you hope that your legacy will be as chairman of the board for the EMI project? Advocacy. Um, that's, that's probably the key um, word that the Lord's given me is to be an advocate and to help um, get the word out about what we're doing. So advocacy is probably the number one priority for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Beyond that, I'm looking for um, financial sustainability. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had we've had some incredible support from uh, donors, and look to continue to that. Um, growing the the GCAN program as well, I'd like to see that eclipse five million um, in that period of time. Um, and I think it's doable. I don't think it's not doable. In fact, in fact, I think we could more than double that if if we really uh, are able to get this this program out. Um, getting the getting the information to the hands of more churches and the hands of more current businessmen. I love it. That are that are younger. It's 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 interesting that advocacy. What goes hand in hand with advocacy is mentorship. Mm. And uh, you know, I'm not sure that I. That, I mean, I don't have an MBA. I don't. You know, those kind. Of, but I have I have life experience. Uh, Thirty six years in financial planning. And uh, I've been around the block a time or two when it comes to tax law changes, when it's come to, you know, risk management, investment. <laughs> you know, I've watched the markets go up and down for over, you know, almost four decades. And uh, people just need to understand what those processes are. And so it's more about education as well. So I'm it. still back to my core values of long-time, mm. lifetime learner, mm. you know, education, and then leverage. I love it. Before we wrap up here, Ron, um Let's give them a flavor of this company. Security First Advisors. Security First Advisors. Security so, First Advisors. Yeah, tell them about Security First Advisors. Well, what do you do here? We are a firm that helps people walk through transition. Mm. When life changes, money changes. When money changes, life changes. We coach people through that process. I love it. Uh, having said that, we are um, I have two partners, uh, actually, three partners now. Um, we have about 12 support staff. Um, we also have an affiliation with uh, five other advisors that work through our registered investment advisory. We're a fee-based financial planning firm. Um, we consider ourselves fiduciaries um, and have operated. And for our listeners, what does that mean? It means we put the client's interest first. Okay. That's, that's where it's supposed to be. And the other, other firm will say the same thing, but what's the implication here when you say that? The implication is that we're, if you bring to me something that might be a conflict of interest, um, an example being I, I, you want to 
set up a distribution plan out of your retirement account in order to get a paycheck. Well, I need to tell you, I'm going to make I'm going to make a fee for managing your assets, mm-hmm. but I'm at the same time as a fiduciary, I'm going to make sure that we we do it in such a way as that get you a lower cost. You know, we're we're going to try to keep your costs down. We're going to try to make sure that the tax impacts are not killing you. Um, because a lot of times there's all these hidden costs that the, the client isn't, is not aware. Correct. So your process bring that all, bring to, light. That all to light so that they make a decision with clear information. Correct. How, how much do you have under management, Ron? Right now, I, right now, all in about $330 million. $330 million. I mean, that's not a small firm. Uh, we're not small. We yeah. consider ourselves kind of a boutique. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of firms out there that are, you know, the half to billion dollar level. And we aspire to that. Um, we're also a firm that doesn't believe in just necessarily following the crowd. Mm. Um, we've done some alternative investing in the local real estate area, and you know Portland's been a really hot market. Right. We've been able to help clients participate in that um, very successfully. We, we've been very fortunate in, in making that work. So as things change, as life changes, we try to keep people informed about what we think is the correct news. We talk about, you know, the... The news networks that are having to crank out 24-7 news is financial pornography. <laughs> I love it. What is financial pornography? I like that term. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it seems like they're always going to spit something out. Wow. They feel forced to create news. Some people call it fake news. Fake news. Just yeah. to keep the cycle going. And, uh, and they make, it creates more work for you guys as advisors. Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, the, just answering questions... You know, about, I mean, anything that comes up in the news. I mean, I've got two emails this morning about um, clients asking, well, what does this really mean to me? And so we're going to have to come back and give them a reasoned approach. So we try to give them what we consider to be the um, information from several of our sources that we consider accurate. Mm, mm, I love it. I love it. Well, Ron, it's a new year and many people uh, have objectives for the year, goals for the year and, and so forth. As we wrap up, what would have encouraged, what would you say to someone who's listening now who aspires to be there, maybe in a dead-end position right now, uh, they may be stuck somewhere in their business, and, and they aspire to get in that position where you are now, where they can be a, a blessing, uh, be more generous, but more important than that, feel like they're doing what it is that God's called them to do. What would, what, what would you advise them? Get a coach. Mm, good. Um, be honest. You know, go to, get on your knees. Go get a godly coach. Um, get a coach. I mean, my gosh. I mean, just get somebody else that can see something from a different perspective than you. Uh, we, as a firm, have employed that. Still have somebody on on staff. I have a personal mm. uh, life coach mm, that I good. work with. You mentioned Dennis. That's right. Um, and from my standpoint, it keeps me looking in a different direction. It keeps me focused back on who God is in my life. And... Uh, you know, what direction I think he has for me. And it's not just run, you know, steam head, steam locomotive ahead, but it's also run taking time to look and, and get information to make sure that the track that he's on is the correct path that he's supposed to be. So that, that would probably be the, the main thing that I would encourage people to do is, is to get some help, get, get some, uh, some direction from other people you know, the, the word tells us, you know, there's, there's, there's wisdom in the counsel of many mm. uh, counselors. So I would, I would encourage people to do that. Ron, you've been a blessing, maybe a gift for you to you and your wife. Thank you so much for your leadership, your generosity. But more important now, your friendship. You just come thank alongside you. us, Gina and myself and the team, and for leading us in this next season. 
Well, you'll have to let me beat you at racquetball again. <laughs> you got it, man. It's a done deal. <laughs> it's only let me beat you in golfing. How does okay, that, that will be good... hard. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Ron Wilkinson, uh, one of the managing partners, is that the right term? Managing partner here at, let me say it right, Security, Security First Advisors. Advisors. Chairman of the Board of Lima Project. I'm here in his office, beautiful office locale here, his Vancouver office. Ron, what's the website? They need to get more information. www.sfainc.us. Say it again, please. Sfainc.us. So Security First Advisors Inc. US. Awesome. You'll find us. If you want more information, go there. But in the meanwhile, though, Hey, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, we encourage you to do so. You can do it on your iPhone uh, or at Stitcher, or you can do it at SoundCloud. And of course, if you want more information about the Nima Project and how we can come alongside you through coaching, training, and access to capital, you can visit our website, nehemiahproject.org, nehemiahproject.org. It's been fun having you. Here's my word of encouragement for you. My prayer is that God will give you in this year, 2018, the grace and favor to build that kingdom company so that one day you can hear those wonderful words. Well done, great and faithful servant. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. We're glad you could join us. If you'd like more information or other resources, please visit our website, www.nehemiahproject.org. God bless.